What's poppin', y'all? It's your man, DJ Steph Floss here with episode six of Friends of the Program. Um, I would like to refer to this one as the Corona Teen. Yes, the Corona Teen podcast um, episode. Everyone knows what's going on right now, so I felt it was pertinent. I felt it would be very beneficial to have a friend of mine on the program that is a in healthcare. Um, and she's actually in healthcare, uh, one of the most esteemed um hospital and facilities in the world, Cleveland Clinic. Um, her name is Rebecca Moore. I'm about to get into it because she, she has some virtual meetings um, today in like the next 45 minutes. So I'm about to call her. We're going to get down to this uh, COVID-19 situation and see what she has to say about everything that's going on right now. And then we bring up this phone call. All right, let's see how this is going. All right. Of course, now that I want to call her, it's messing up. Right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So loud. That ring is so loud all the Hello? time. Rebecca, how are you? Steph, I'm good. How are you? I am good. You sound an amazing spirit right now, especially what's going on in the world. How are you? How are you feeling? I am feeling all right. We are just all just taking this one day at a time. Today was my first day seeing patients with a virtual visit, so doing telehealth instead of in person. And we're all just learning together today. So, right. so Rebecca, before we get into that, we're going to have some fun. So what I like to do um, to start off my podcast is have some icebreakers, you know, get the world to know you, me get to know you a little better, even though you're a great friend of mine. Oh, and then I have to tell everyone how we met. And uh, by the way, <laughs> our, our meeting story is amazing. So first question, what is your favorite, being that you are from Cleveland, Ohio, what is mm -hmm. your favorite restaurant in Cleveland? And I'm asking you that because you're probably going to have to get a lot of carry out and takeout from that place uh, soon. Yeah, this is true. So one of my favorite places in Cleveland um, when I'm eating local would probably have to be the Indian place down the street from me, Indian Spice. Indian Spice. You know what? Indian Spice on Euclid Avenue. I haven't really delved too much into Indian food. Like there was, there was a time like last summer or summer before last where I was doing heavy like curry, um, curry and stuff like that's Indian, right? Yeah. All right. I like, yeah, I liked it. It was tofu, but I'm trying to cut out soy out of my diet. So I got to figure out, you know, maybe I'll try it. I'll try it just for you. All right. So Next. Indian is great for uh, vegetarians and vegans because okay. they actually have a lot of options that don't include tofu. Um, I like it. Shout out, shout out to the Indian community. Actually, side note. One of my favorite new shows on TV, Bravo, I watched it last night. It's called Family Karma. It's about an Indian family. So, you know, I mean, that's just what a coincidence. All right, next question. Which, All right. Which series on Netflix are you currently watching? Uh, I am currently watching Money Heist. What is that? That is it's originally a Spanish TV drama. Then Netflix picked it up, but it's people who are heisting and robbing a bank, but all about their drama and their relationships and planning the heist. So is it like subtitles or what's going on? No, it's dubbed. So it's actually dubbed in English. Does it? I mean... But they did a good job. I was about to say, that sounds ridiculous. I I, I don't like dubbed stuff. It look, it, It's going to look ridiculous. I don't either, but it's it's actually good. I, I don't know. So, uh, I Before that, I was binging Schitt's Creek. Oh, okay, I heard about that. I heard about that. I'm, that's I, another good one. That's another. You know what I'm watching right now on um, Netflix? What are oh, you watching? Of course, I'm always watching uh, cars and uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. But um, there's this um, uh, Grace and Frankie. Are you hip to Grace and Frankie? 
I'm not hooked. I have seen it on my like trending list, but I haven't watched it. And it's gonna you're gonna be surprised that I love this, but I actually like starting. Somebody told me to watch it. I'm in season one right now. I love it. It's about two older ladies that were married to mm-hmm. these these two men, and the men divorced them to marry each other. And when I say each when I say each other, I don't mean they switched wives. I mean the men are now I- marrying each other. So these these seventy year old ladies have to deal with their seventy year old husbands coming out of the closet and now want to marry each other and and it's like in their latter years. It's such a good show. So that sounds fun. I'll have to check that out. All right, well, who's your favorite Sesame Street character of all time? Uh, definitely Elmo. Uh, why? I mean, that's so cliche. But he's my favorite. He's the fun, most fun, and he kind of gets to do everything. Everybody else has like their own segment but he's all over the place all the time he's He's, having the most fun he's not more fun than oscar the grouch have you ever seen oscar the grouch's house like have you ever seen when they (laughs) went went inside of there he has like a pool a sauna a basketball court he's like living the lavish life he comes okay i must have missed that episode yeah you gotta you gotta watch it he comes off as a little homeless of course because he's living in a trash can but you know when you go in there it's immaculate. All right. So you worked at Dairy Queen up until like yesterday. Um, <laughs> uh, up until up until maybe like 2012. All right. So you were at Dairy Queen. Uh, one thing that I regret that I haven't that I've never done. Everyone tell me how tell you know tells me how good the Dairy Queen hamburger is. Um, I never had a chance to eat it before I stopped eating meat. Is that hamburger really the best hamburger on the market? Um, I mean, for someone who doesn't really eat a lot of fast food hamburgers, I would say, you know, it was all, it was all right. I don't eat McDonald's hamburgers at all, but I would eat the, the Dairy Queen hamburger on occasion. Yes. So you would make it? Would you I would not. It? I know. I made, I made the ice cream. There's different, there were different stations in Dairy Queen. Like if the ice yeah, cream. Yeah. Like other, other people worked in the kitchen. I just made the ice cream. It doesn't seem like that big of an establishment for there to be that many workers. It seems like you can, you, you should, you should be able to flip burgers as well as pump, pump the ice. It t- takes three pump seconds. Pump the ice cream. It takes three seconds to pump an ice cream machine. Okay. So you, you, you go work at Dairy Queen and try that out and let me know how it goes. Well, I mean, who knows what's going on right now? You know, DJ, we're going to have to find some other employment soon. All right. Who is your favorite? I'm watching the Kardashians right now. As I ask you this question, by the way, I love this family. I, I love the family. I love their family dynamic. They love each other. They support each other. They argue like regular, but it's so much love in this family. Anyway, who's your favorite celebrity? My favorite. Oh, I thought we were going just Kardashians. Um, no. My favorite celebrity of all time. Yes. I don't. You're, you're throwing these curveballs at me. Um, that's, a, that's the point. I know. Um, favorite celebrity of all time would probably have to be Ellen. Ellen. I Ellen like DeGeneres. Ellen. Yeah. I like, I like Ellen. I like her story too. So I was watching. Um, like I said on Netflix, Curb. Uh, Curb your enthusiasm. I love that show too. But comedians and cars get a coffee, and I had no idea that there was a moment in time where she wasn't working for like five years. When she came, when she, you know, announced that she was gay, that she couldn't get a job. And that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. why she ended up having to start her own um, talk show or whatever. And guess what? That worked out perfectly. So shout out to Ellen. Hopefully um, me and you could get invited on the Ellen. I just, I just started a TikTok page. So maybe we could do a dance or something and get invited on, on the Ellen yeah, show. Yeah. 
She's I, just so great. Like, I would just love to have coffee with her and catch up. Catch up, like you know her. Like, you've been, <laughs> like, you, like, like y'all been knowing each other for years. All right, so everyone, Rebecca is um, a great friend of mine, but I re- met Rebecca maybe in 2011 10 or 11 so i you know i as you guys know i'm the um, official dj at the cleveland cavaliers whose season is now suspended which means we didn't we didn't not make the playoffs i say that we didn't not make the playoffs so shout out to the Cavs and big shout out to kevin love for what he's doing for the um the quick and loans arena employee as well as uh uh dan gilbert and making sure that um we're all compensated um, as if we're still working um, during the games. But um, so I met uh, Rebecca. She's a, um, her family seekers and ticket holders. So she comes up to me. Of course, she's a fan. I'm DJ Steph Floss. She comes up to me during the game, her and her sister. And you guys came. What did you come up there for initially? I think we just came to say hi. They came to say hi. And they were, they were so nice. And I was like, oh, like, and then they wanted to take pictures. And I was like, oh, look at these kids. Like. They were like, it's so nice. And I, and I, I love to like show love to the youth. So I'm like, you know, let's, let's take a picture, you know, like, and they're like, at the time I'm thinking they're like, they're like 14 years old. So I'm being like very like adult and kid with them. And I, when did I say something about you being 14? I think that day, the next, the next time, I don't know, a couple weeks later. But I'm like, yeah. So, you know, she, I think she might've mentioned something about going out or something, something adult wise. And I'm like, hold on. You're, you're not 14? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I thought you were 14. You come up here. Y'all look like y'all 14. Y'all talking about y'all work at Dairy Cream. Y'all want to take pictures. You're, you're definitely 14. She was like 25. 22. 22. <laughs> it was the greatest. Oh, my God. But ever since that point, uh, she's been one of my great friends. She's amazing. I, I really appreciate you. Every year for my birthday, you make sure you're there in some capacity. So um, I, I do appreciate that. And we had a ball this last birthday party. I still have to, you know, send send you pictures, of course. Thank but you. As, yeah. as we continue, everybody heard that. Steph is going to send me those photos. I am. I am. I. Everybody knows me as like a photo hoarder. But we're going to have some time now, so I think I could get everybody their, their pictures. I set up everybody Dropbox accounts. So okay, great. As we continue on, um, before I called you, I let uh, I let you know everyone know that you are in the healthcare um, field. But I really mm-hmm. I really don't know exactly what it is that you do. So what do you do? Sure. So I am a genetic counselor and I'm specialized in the cancer field. So what this means is that I either meet with patients who have cancer or even people who don't have cancer but have a lot of cancer in their family um, to order and coordinate genetic testing that can then help with treatment um, or increase screening. So thinking about like Angelina Jolie and the BRCA genes, that's just one example of, of what I can do. Oh, that's amazing! You, oh, you, you yeah. like that's that's a long way from Dairy Queen. That is, I know that is a well, long. That was that was back when I was fourteen. We've come so far. We've come so far. So, um, you just moved back to Cleveland. You're working at a Cleveland Clinic, right? I do. Yeah. So you were in D.C. Were you doing the same? Um, what you're doing here? Were you yep. doing that in D.C. as well? Yep, I was working at a hospital in Northern Virginia. Yep. Okay, so you work at Cleveland Clinic, which is, I always tell people it's the number one hospital in the world, but somebody gave me, like, an a, a, a exact number, said it's number two. It doesn't matter it to me. 
To who though? To who? Yeah. Who? I don't know. To, to, it doesn't mm, matter. Let's just say we're debatable. Number, yeah, debate. Yeah, it's debatable. So, um, with um, you working at Cleveland Clinic, and um, one of the great things that I just saw that Cleveland Clinic um did like last week, maybe Thursday. So, um, we're dealing with the COVID nineteen, the coronavirus. Um, epidemic right now, and there was talks of you know testing and how it was taking eight to uh, eight to ten days for test results to come out. And I guess uh, Cleveland Clinic filed for something on March second, and they were awarded this something. And as a result of what they were awarded, they were able to figure out how to give test results in what three hours? What what is it? Sure. Okay. So I'll, I'll help you out here. Thank so you, thank yeah, you. previously, <laughs> anyone who was being tested for COVID-19, their tests were either having to be sent to the CDC um, or some place that have state laboratories that were running the test. And so you're losing a whole day of shipping samples, running the test, and then finding a way to get the results back. So um, the genetic test, or not genetic laboratory, but the um, testing laboratory that we have at Cleveland Clinic that allows us to run a lot of different tests in-house already was given approval to run the COVID-19 test. So um, the COVID-19 test, it's running on the same assay as the CDC, meaning we are running the exact same test that the CDC is running, but we don't have to send it out. So Cleveland Clinic um, did partner with UH, and so all local um, COVID-19 tests will be able to run at Cleveland Clinic. Um, and again, it takes the test itself takes eight hours to run, they're seeing results in about 8 to 12 hours so the samples can get from the patients to the center. Um, but then results are being released immediately via MyChart um, if people do have that. So it saved a lot of the turnaround time of the before and after of the test. And what that sounds, that's amazing. And what this sounds to me is that um, Cleveland is going to end up saving the world. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, we, get a, we get a bad rap on a lot of stuff, but I can see Cleveland and Cleveland Clinic especially saving the world right now. So, uh, Rebecca, thank you for that info, because as you can see, I was totally messing that up. But I had the pre- I had the premise, right? Uh, correct? Yeah, I mean, you I, had the right idea. Yep. I had, I had the right idea. So exactly what is COVID-19? What is it? Uh, so it's a virus, and it's a similar viral strain from my understanding as what caused the SARS disease and outbreak back in 2003, um, but it's just a different strain. So just like we have different strains of the flu every year, this is just another strain of what causes uh, a respiratory infection. Um, kind of the big thing and the big concern with this is that um, it's pretty severe, especially in the elderly population. Um, and again, we don't have a vaccine for it, which means no one has immunity. And the second piece being, we don't have any treatment for it. So again, even like the flu, um, get your flu vaccine, everyone. But even if you were to get the flu, we do have treatment to, to help your body recover faster. So we have no immunity for COVID-19 and currently no treatment. Um, and so, yeah, we're all just kind of riding this out together. All right. So you said it's like a it's a different strain, like, you know, of SARS. So is that I was going to ask you when people mention and I've seen people even po- post things from like Lysol cans that says coronavirus already on. them. when people mention that coronavirus has been here forever, is this what they're referring to? Like, so the COVID-19 is a strain of a so coronavirus. Is that right? Yeah. Coronavirus, my understanding, that terminology has some like 
it, we know it causes upper respiratory. So SARS was a coronavirus. COVID-19 okay. is a coronavirus. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. That makes sense. All right. That totally yeah. makes sense. So, um, and then, they, oh, no, so I was go. just going to say, going back to this definitely has been around longer. I know in uh, Governor DeWine's press conference yesterday, um, Dr. Acton mentioned that the first person in Ohio who tested positive had been symptomatic since February 7th. Um, again, there maybe were even some people earlier who were showing symptoms, but we didn't know what COVID-19 was and we didn't have testing for it. So, again, this didn't even just come to America in February. We likely have had some cases before that as well. Very true. Now, you may or may not know this, but I want to know, do you know it? Um, where, where did this come from? Because I've heard stuff, so I've, you know, I'm over here Googling, trying to figure out stuff. One thing I heard, it came from a sea, uh, uh, um, excuse me, like a fish market overseas, maybe in Asia, um, derived from there. Then I seen something about some bats and some bat soup. Do you have any idea, Do or do we have any idea? I don't know if we know. Um, definitely the first major outbreak, outbreak and epidemic um, was, in, was over in China, um, but I don't know necessarily where that originated. And again, we know that there's it's popping up in other parts of the world as well. So I don't know the answer. All right. So what does the COVID-19 do to the um, and, and is this how we should refer to it instead of saying coronavirus? Should we say COVID-19? Yeah. All right. Yep, so so COVID-19 is the specific strand that we're fighting now. Yeah. OK, so what exactly does um, COVID-19 do to the body? Well, first, what are the symptoms? Yep. So um the hard part with COVID-19, since we're still learning about it, is that we definitely know that some people will carry it and be asymptomatic. And so that's one of the main concerns. Can you define, um, as, can you define asymptomatic? asymptomatic? Yeah, no, asymptomatic means nothing. You are, can, you are healthy, but your body may have this, your immune system may be fighting it, it off, and you could still then be able to spread it to someone else, even though you're not symptomatic. So then the symptoms to look for um, or that it is definitely more of a respiratory. So um, a cough and not necessarily being congested and, you know, coughing, but a dry cough, um, a shortness of breath, um, a lot of pain, and a lot of people do present with fever as well. Um, so this is even separate from the flu, which is a lot more kind of aches and pains. Um, you can still have a fever, um, but again, it's it's a little more um, kind of congestion-like symptoms, okay. where with COVID-19, you're also going to have a sore throat and things because it's a dry it's a dry cough. It's not a productive cough. You're not coughing anything out. Oh, nice. So if I cough over here and it's a little, it's not dry, I shouldn't over, I shouldn't be, um, I shouldn't be too worried, huh? Correct. The other thing would be right. It's allergy season, and so oh, a lot yes. of people's allergies are acting up. Um, so again, if you have the watery eye, kind of the clear um, drainage, and you typically have allergies, that's likely going to be kind of top on the list instead of COVID-19. Because there are a lot of hypochondriacs out there, and I, I'm one, uh, my mother's one, and now uh, every <laughs> every time I cough or something like that, I'm like, oh, my God, like, am I, am I? But as long as it's not dry, and yeah, you got to... Like you said, you got to realize it is allergy symptom um, season. Excuse me. Back to uh, a, how do you pronounce it? Asymptomatic. Oh, asymptomatic just means no yeah. symptoms. Yeah. Yep. So, so a good friend of mine, an NBA um, star, uh, Donovan Mitchell. You you, you want to hear mm -hmm. a funny story? Not even a funny story. This is a real story. So Donovan Mitchell, you know, he's um, he was he was playing alongside of Rudy Gobert with the uh, Utah Jazz, and that's kind of how um, I started to take in all of this seriously. Once Tom Hanks got it. 
um, Corona, uh, COVID-19. And then Rudy Gobert did what he did. And, you know, NBA got shut down. And then Donovan Mitchell um, tested positive for it. That's when it get really got um, serious for me when the NBA shut down. But so, yo, so Donovan, I, you know, I was on my birthday tour. So Donovan, um, I landed on Monday. And I didn't do the Cavs game that Monday. The Utah Jazz were in town. And um, I landed, and Donovan, um, he had messaged me, had texted me, and you asked me, yo, was I in town? And I'm like, yo, I just landed. He asked me, was I coming to the game? And I told him, I, I, I might come. I would, you know, I was just checking to make sure. Then, then I started to check and make sure he was good. Like, did he need me to bring him anything? He was like, no, he just wanted to see if I was going to be there. And if I was there, come holler at him. And I told him, well, I might just stop through through the second half since I just got here. I want to get situated and boom, boom, boom. And then something happened. I just got tired and it, I was traveling, you know, so long. I got tired and I didn't well, go. Well, I was tired just watching you on Instagram. So. Right, right. <laughs> but do you know, how, oh my God, do you know how nervous I would be right now if I would have went to that game? And I, I definitely would have went to see Donovan. Like, I, you know how nervous I would be right now? I've been thinking about that the whole time, like, oh my God, like the way my nerves are set up, I'm like, sheesh, like I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like grateful for myself that I got tired because even if I did test positive, uh, negative, I would still just be like worrying myself to death. Uh, and, and Donovan actually just posted a video, um, not too long ago, um, talking about how, um, you know, he's asymptomatic and how the scariest thing was that. He could be around and no one knows that he has it, but he has it. So, so in, in a situation like that, what is the, like, can you take Theraflu or what are you, what are you doing? Like, what what do you, I mean, no. And that's why social distancing is so important. And I know everyone has heard that buzzword thrown around right now. Um, But the big thing is with this until, you know, we are able to test more people we don't know who has it and just isn't showing symptoms and who doesn't have it and is unaffected. And so again, the major concern is these people who are unaffected or excuse me, asymptomatic who are infected, then who might they be sharing that with? Um, And so that's why social distancing is so important. You know, we are not at least currently as of 12, 11 PM on March 16th, we are not under quarantine. You're not forbidden from going places. But again, trying to get you and us from gathering in large crowds. And I was supposed to be at March Madness this weekend. And all of, you know, the St. Patrick's Day parade is closed. And Do you know how much money I lost? Do you know how much money I lost when they stopped March Madness? I had some parties and stuff to do in Indiana. Oh, my God. (coughs) Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, that's us. You see, hear that? You see, I cough. Now I'm nervous. No, but. Good thing I'm through the phone. Oh, (laughs) good thing you are. Now, with the social distancing. Um, so basically 14 days, what will happen? Will it just remove itself from your body? Well, they think right now that 14 days is kind of the, the time period where you could be contagious and, and infecting other people. Okay. And so that's why people who have traveled from, um, countries with this, this higher, you know, where we have that travel ban from now, anyone coming in from there is supposed to kind of self-monitor and quarantine for 14 days to make sure that they don't show up with any symptoms. All right, so that's great. And airports looked ridiculous this past weekend with that. Uh, yeah. it, it looked like, oh, my God, it looked like it's just set up for failure. But, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second and how our government is handling this situation. But my biggest concern from day one, and I guess it was like day one was probably like Monday for me or Wednesday or whatever, 
why is our only defense wash our hands? Like, why is why is there nothing else that we could like that that we're being told to do? Why is wash our hands such just the only thing right now? So. I mean, again, we, we don't have a vaccine and we don't have a treatment, um, but washing your hands is actually really important. So I'm going to put my scientist hat on here. Okay. Um, so if you remember, I don't know, way back in high school biology, you know, there's kind of like proteins and lipids and all of these things. So the virus actually has what's called a lipid layer, and that's what protects it and helps keep it safe and able to keep infecting people. Um, soap actually breaks through the lipid layer by whatever magic chemicalness that it is. So it actually then is destroying the, the the virus. So that's why, you know, we have all these antibacterial soaps is because they really are kind of destroying and stopping things from spreading. Um, Can you also speak on uh, moisturizing? Because I I, 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 I I know I made a mistake. You saw my hands. I posted it. I did I, see your hands. I have been over washing and I have been forgetting to put lotion on it. And then um, I was told that it was. Like that's actually dangerous too because cracked skin is like open skin and the pores are open. And, yep. Uh, so we need to moisturize yep. as well, right? So super important. Yep. So again, I, I work in healthcare, washing our hands and foaming our hands and using the antibacterial stuff is kind of second nature um, just because of interacting with patients, especially in the cancer world, you know, patients who are immunocompromised. Uh, but yeah, you cannot forget to moisturize. Um, definitely you want to try to find... Um, I don't, I'm sure there's still, you know, lotion and moisturizing out there. So get that. Um, but, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Then by keeping your hands moisture, so right, they're clean, they're now safe, they're not cracking, they're not getting dry, they're not flaking, and you're not putting yourself to be prone for an, an, an infection of another type. All right. So if you are not around soap or whatever, how, how good and how effective are um, the purels of the world? The purels yep. the equates so. their whatever. Yeah. So the standard guideline from the CDC is that you want um, some sort of alcohol based, um, whether it's foam or just like regular liquid Purell, that's going to be 60 percent or greater alcohol. Um, and my understanding is even when I, I pulled my little bath and body work Purell out of my purse this week and it meets that re requirement as well. So I think most of what we have access to here in America is going to meet that requirement. Um, the recommendation is, of course, to wash your hands as much as possible, but especially um, after using the bathroom and before eating or touching kind of a dirty or possibly infected surface. Um, hand sanitizer is better for like when you sneeze or cough or, you know, are somewhere and don't have access to soap and water at that point in time. Um, so definitely kind of use both in conjunction as you can. So you should just keep washing your hands like this, even if you're not around anybody? Well, I mean, like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know your life, but like, oh. if your your house is fairly clean, like, you don't need to wash your hands every every five minutes or every oh. time you know you pick up your phone. Right, right. As long That's as you I'm disinfected asking. your phone, like I reminded you to. Right, right. Um, no. So in those cases, you know, if you're touching surfaces that you know are clean, it's a matter then of after you've deep cleaned, keeping things clean. Okay, that makes sense. And so again, what? washing your hands then when they're dirty or when you've sneezed into your hands, things like that. You know what? I haven't sneezed or coughed into my hands in years. I always do. Excellent. Like, I do like the um, forearm, the muscle cough where you cough into like the, your the into elbow your and the arm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've been doing, I don't understand how people haven't been doing that. Like I thought that was like a common thing or, well, it or should be. 
or which might not be as good. I sometimes I do the cough into the shirt chest. Like I'll pull Ooh. the pull yep. my neck collar. Is that good? It's better. I than mean, hands. I don't know. Then you just it's better than the hands, but then you just cough those germs all over yourself. But you know, yeah, then it's not really going to be spread as easily. Perfect. So, exa- but no, uh, I agree. the The elbow for our, our elbow bicep cough and sneeze, if possible, is kind of the best route to go. Let's call that the Steph Floss. Can we deem that? Can we term that the Steph Floss or no? Sure, the Steph Floss sneeze procedure. Thank you, thank you so much. Now, um, you've been telling me, and I've been posting your um, your stories on my IG story. What Cleveland mm-hmm. Clinic is doing, as far as is that drive up testing? Can you uh, let us know yep. exactly what is Cleveland Clinic doing to deal with this sure. COVID nineteen? Yep. So, like we talked about before, Cleveland Clinic, um, their laboratory has, you know been granted that they are able to run the actual same COVID-19 test that's available across the country here. Um, So one of the main things is they don't want all of these people who are sick and coughing to be showing up to the urgent care or the emergency department, where again, then there are other people who are there and sick for other reasons that now you could possibly be infecting. So um, the Cleveland Clinic team and um, UH, so interestingly, the Walker building is a joint building between Cleveland Clinic and UH, and that's where the testing has taken place. Um, it is open from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day, but you do have to have an order. Um, so right now in Ohio, you have to be symptomatic um, and either have traveled internationally um, or already tested negative for the flu is my understanding to be able to get an order. But where, where would you um, get the order from? From so from your doctor. So speaking from a Cleveland Clinic perspective, that's the only healthcare system I have insight to. Um, they're encouraging people to either call their primary care doctor over the phone or do one of our new virtual visits. Um, they've ramped up and have extra provider coverage for all of that. And they'll assess you over the phone. So, again, you're not having to come in to the doctor's office. Um, and if you do meet criteria, they can put that order in for you, um, you know, into your electronic chart through Cleveland Clinic that then can be accessed when you get to the drive through testing. So, um, interestingly, one of my neighbors did have um, corona testing on Saturday. Um, so that's how I had a little bit of insight about how long the line was taking um, oh, nice. and things like that. So um, good news is she tested negative, so oh, nice. very Perfect. happy for Allie. Um, but, yes, it definitely expects to be waiting in line for upwards of two hours. They're getting through people as fast as they can. But you sit in your car, you know, your windows are up the whole time until you pull up and they basically have you roll down your window, they swab your nose with the swab, roll your window back up, and you get to drive home. So, oh, wow. Um, so they're really quick? trying to limit exposure. Well. You wait I mean, in line for two hours, but the test itself is just like 30 seconds. Yeah, I thought, I thought they were like drawing blood in order to get this. Nope. Nope. Oh. All done just like a swab, like you would for the flu. Well, it sounds like Cleveland Clinic, um, as well as Cleveland and um, Ohio, is, is doing a pretty good job of, you know, um, being proactive. Um, I mean, you know... Uh, kind of reactive as well, but being more proactive than a lot of um, places I've seen. What do you personally think? I know you've been watching CNN just like I've been watching it. How do you think our government and your president, uh, your president, is uh, is responding to this crisis? Okay. First of all, I do not vote for him, but as the current <laughs> president of our country, um, I mean, I know a lot of this is, is it's hard, right? So he was even saying that it wasn't that big of a deal a couple weeks ago. He recently was exposed and tested. Uh, my understanding was his test did come back negative. Um, 
personally, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that he fired a lot of the epidemic um, and pandemic kind of crisis planning team. Um, yeah, why so, would he do that? Why and when I, did he look, do that? When did he do look, it? Look, I don't know. It happened either in 2018 or 2019. Okay. Um, so I... I'm not really quite sure what's going on there. I am going to use Ohio as a great example. Um, again, we have our Republican governor um, who's helping make these decisions. But again, he's getting a lot of support. Captain um, Planet. From we got to call fellow... him Captain Planet now. Mike Captain DeWine, Planet. Mike, Mike DeWine, DeWine is Captain is Planet. Captain, is Captain Planet. Like, do you, okay. like, I love how he's doing what he's doing um, and how he's responding to the situation. And I was, I was watching him on CNN and it's, it looked like the toughest decision he had to make yesterday, but it had to be, uh, it had made. to be done. Right, and so the important thing is he's saying. not making these decisions on his own. So he, um, you know, hand selected Amy Aston to be the medical director of, of these decisions. And, you know, has another team. He's getting bipartisan support. So Democrats and Republicans in Ohio, you know, are helping and supporting. So, yes, he's the face of all of this. He's uh -huh. kind of making the final decisions, but he has a great team behind him um, who, again, have been in place for more than just one or two weeks. So um, it really goes to show how being prepared and planning um, can be really helpful. And I actually have a friend who is the COO of a, a nonprofit locally here in Cleveland. And she says, you know, for her emergency preparedness plan, she had electrical outage, she had tornado. And she's like, pandemic was at the bottom of my list. And I'm like, well, it's, it's supposed to be like pandemic isn't supposed to be on the top of your planning right, list right, right, unless right, you're right. a hospital or department of health. So, right. um, again, keeping in mind places like Cleveland Clinic, University of Washington, um, out out in Washington State, um, Johns Hopkins, other major centers, we're prepared for this. And right. and again, just following with what they have. And I think um, Ohio has done a great example, like you said, of trying to be proactive instead of reactive. And I I, I love why I was watching his um, his presser. Um, it was it was difficult for him to, you know, it's, he was stuttering, which I, he doesn't do often. So I knew it was like, I really don't want to do this, but I have to. But one thing that I thought was hilarious, which I was aggravated at over the entire weekend and me being a DJ, if I'm aggravated and as much as I like to party and go out, then that's a problem. I couldn't believe people just wouldn't sit the down and not celebrate St. Patrick's Day or not go out and do all. It's like people were just like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to party with my friends. I'm going to go to these uh, clubs and get packed out and share bottles and all of this. Everything opposite of social distancing. And a lot of people didn't peep what Mike uh, DeWine said, but he said one of his friends actually sent him a picture. And I think he might have said it was from Cleveland of a packed bar or club this weekend. And I think he saw that picture and was like, you know what, guys, that's enough. Since you're not going to do this, like you're, you're not going to social dis socially distance yourselves. We're going to, you know, pretty much have to, you know, do this for you guys. It, it, it sucks because, um, you know, there are a lot of small businesses and, um, you know, restaurants and bars in the Ohio area that, you know, are going to take a hit. Um, but we're all going to take a hit. So, um, like I tell everyone, as much as you can do, um, carry out and take out um, and, you know, order in as of right now, please try to, you know, support those local um, restaurants and, um, you know, things of that nature. Uh, and with me saying that, Rebecca, um, there's a presser at 3.30 on CNN um, from our government. Do you think that a nationwide lockdown is, is about to happen? 
I don't know. So I, I can see that it's going to be happening sometime in the future. As to is that what is going to be happening today, I don't know. So one of the other things is kind of with these slow rollouts, so kind of closing bars and nightclubs now. He Schools are already closed. He mentioned closing daycares and nursing homes in the future. Um, hospitals will probably at some point, um, you know, be canceling appointments as well is that you, you kind of can't shut down everything at once. You've got to do it a little bit at a time to be right. able to have people the support they need. Um, but I, I would not be surprised. I know Italy is on a not even um, city anymore, but a full country, country. lockdown. Yeah. And if that's what it takes to, to help keep people from being sick, um, that's what we have to do. And the earlier we implement some of these things, the shorter you know, the closed restaurants or the first quarantine has to be. Have you been seeing my like my posts from like my uh, my Italian followers? They've been sending yes. me that is like that really hit home. I was like, yo, th and these are people I don't know, so I don't want people to be following me on IG like these are no, I don't know these people. They saw me talking about it. They're in Italy. They're Italian citizens, and they're like, yo, this is what's going on right now. Please let the American citizens know this is not a game. If you don't do it yourselves, the country is going to have to do it. And um, yeah, I th I think we're gonna um you know, get, get around to that before we go. Cause I know you have, um, you know, your virtual, um, appointment, uh, very soon, but a couple more things I want to discuss with you. Uh, how do you, I hate them, but how, what do you feel about conspiracy theorists right now? Oh, I, uh, no, see, I'm already, I, you're, you're just making it worse. I, again, <laughs> work in healthcare. I'm pro vaccine. Um, you know, I have this conversation with my mom all the time that vaccines now in 2020 are different from in 1980. And you had a bad reaction then. You're probably not now. And just, there, guys, even if you thought that this was against Donald Trump or the Democrats, like, this is a whole the world, whole worldwide. Like, right. I, I just, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know. Well, what can we just get through this and then we can play the conspiracy theory yes. game of who caused it after? Yeah, like yeah, I'm on yeah. board with that. Yeah. When a Netflix documentary comes out, we'll figure that out then. But now let's, exactly. let's get through this as a nation and uh, let's figure this out. Now, with you, with that being said, do you think we'll ever be able to get back to normal? Like, is there a back to normal after this? Or is I this don't like know. A, I think it's, is there a situation I think it's like 9-11? I think it's going to be a, a new normal. So I don't know any, you know, you and I have talked about this too. Some of these recommendations about, you know, when you're sick, staying away from people or not coming into work and making sure to wash your hands are, are things that we should be doing all the time anyways. Anyway, right. um, but again, I don't, I don't know what things are going to look like after this. I'm just, we're still just trying to get through it one day at a time. Yeah. This is it's so unfortunate, but you have, a um a, a virtual appointment that you have to get to and Rebecca Rebecca Moore I really appreciate you for um you know what I'm saying for your time um once again this is our sixth episode of Friends of the Program so far I ha I've had a um uh, I've had uh, you know a social media maven I've had um uh, uh hosts I've had um artists and now I've had a healthcare specialist on the program. I really have the best friends in the entire world. And what better way to, uh, you know what I'm saying? What better day to talk to you uh, until now? So, um, have fun and with your, have fun with your, um, with your, uh, virtual uh, appointment and try not to scare your client. 
Uh, please try, try my best. They're at home. I'm at home. So this is a best case scenario. Um, and thanks so much for all that you do and trying to make sure this accurate information is out there. All right. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I'm going to send you those pictures. Okay. Okay. Love you. Bye. All right, love you too. Bye.